Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. It's good to be back, back in the studio, back in Raleigh. Yesterday was a great day. If you didn't hear it or watch it, you need to do that. I was down at Bob Jones University yesterday with our friend Renton Rathbun, who runs the Center for Biblical Worldview down there. They're doing their EduCamp this week, and he had uh, about, I think it was 33 students all in their teen years, mostly high school age. And uh, just kind of uh, working on understanding a biblical worldview, he took him to a bunch of different things, took him to a really uber-large, uber-liberal uh, church to kind of just go show him how a big church operates, and they were doing all kinds of stuff. So I spent some time with him yesterday. We did some Q&A after lunch, which was fascinating uh, to see what kind of questions these young people have. They're all growing up in church environments uh, from several different parts of the country. And then we did the radio show with them. And then uh, had them ask questions and comments about some of the things they struggle with as as young Christians in this cultural moment uh, and just questions they had about engaging the culture and how do you do that and social media, all kinds of stuff came up. So uh, one of the problems we have in this country and in the church body itself is oftentimes uh, we being people my age, your age. Are, are not really communicating all that much with teenagers. There's the compulsory communication we have as parents. There's all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, factual open heart surgery, if you will, going on. And so oftentimes a lot of, a lot of our teenagers, and I experience this in class all the time, uh, are, are not super comfortable all the time sharing doubts or questions they have. It makes them nervous and a in a homeschool environment or, or maybe a youth group environment with their parents. So sometimes stuff will come up in my classroom that, and I've gotten emails from students that are like, hey, Mr. Noble, please don't ask me to pray at the end of class because I actually don't know what I believe. Uh, my parents don't know that, so please don't tell them. I mean, stuff like that. Uh, and so that, that was uh, a glimpse into the, the heart and the mind of your average high school age Christian in America. That was what happened yesterday. We're going to continue that theme today. As we talk about uh, homeschooling, uh, a little more specifically, the uh, homeschooling registration website here in North Carolina crashed several times in the summer of 2020, as well as the summer of 2021 with the school shutdowns. A lot of people got frustrated. We have more kids in North Carolina that are in homeschool than we do in private schools, about 190,000 students in homeschooling in North Carolina, Florida, Texas, South Carolina, Virginia, California. They're all over the place. Uh, and so last uh, year when we started to expand online with Noble U, then I'm like, okay, I got to start getting back to some homeschool conventions. One of them that I had never really done anything with and didn't know a whole lot about, uh, which teach them diligently and found out about that and had the pleasure of going uh, to uh, Pitch and Forge. And, and it ended up just being awesome. And that's where I met briefly David and Leslie Nunnery. I actually did their uh, podcast uh, last week, I think it was last week, with Leslie talking about my classes and, and reaching teenagers today through the homeschool world. And now David is here with us. And teachthemdiligently.net is the website. We got a book to talk about. We got a lot of things to talk about. David, sorry for that elongated intro. How are you? 
<laughs> doing great. Doing great. It's good to see you. You as well. It's nice to see you again. And and once again, that that was uh, we've been to a lot of homeschool conventions. My wife and I have. We homeschooled all our kids for 18 years. Uh, that was an excellent convention, and, and that was a great group that was there. I had a lot of incredible conversations. Uh, but that that probably isn't wasn't on the radar screen when you guys were raising your family. So I want to kind of go backwards and just help us to, to get to know a little bit about the nunnery family and why you guys got into homeschooling. And then we'll talk about when God called you to start teaching them diligently. Well, you know, the funny part of the story is, is that we actually started teach them diligently after homeschooling only one year. <laughs> you guys are gutsy. <laughs> so... I mean, just to backtrack, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you kind of the story of how we started homeschooling. Sure, is um, we were uh, uh, I was working for a college sports marketing company. I had a cool job. Um, I was going to men's final fours and BCS championship games. I always had something to talk to guys about, uh, especially in the South. It seems like uh, people in the South they love college football, mm-hmm. and uh, they always had their teams. And so we always had something to talk to people about. And we're living in Lexington, Kentucky, and I just started getting really antsy. And we were struggling to find a church up there for whatever reason. Um, And our son was going to a private school. He was in kindergarten. And um, we started thinking about what we wanted for our children. Like this was a family decision in terms of like vision. Uh, We needed to have our children in a church that we really could trust. And we were having a really hard time, again, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. in Lexington, Kentucky, we were, we were finding that very hard. Maybe we didn't know the right people. I don't know. But we were really struggling and um, made the decision, you know where we need to go? I know where we could find a really good church, Greenville, South Carolina. <laughs> and so I walked in one day and told my boss that we were moving to Greenville, South Carolina. And he was kind of taken aback. I'm sure. And uh, um, asked me, you know, do you have a job down there? What's the situation? And I was just like, look, I'm just, I'm just moving down there. I feel like it's the best thing for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we can't just keep kind of hopping around and not having a good place to to worship. And um, uh, about a week later, they made the decision to move me down to Greenville, mm-hmm. and I started running what they called the regional sports properties, which is kind of small mid-major colleges. And I did that for probably, I don't know, three, four, five years. Um, And we were really excited to move to Greenville. Matter of fact, one of our draws to Greenville was there was a private school down here that we were like, this is where we want our kids to go to. We were pumped about it. And we picked Greenville because of that private school. And um, about 2010, I started getting antsy. Leslie started getting antsy. And the school hadn't done anything wrong. My oldest was in third grade at the time. And we have four kids, by the way. Yeah. And... um, the school hadn't done anything. Well, hold that thought but, because we're hitting the break, David. But hold that thought. We're taking the, talking to David Nunnery. Uh, teach them diligently. Teach them diligently. Dot net. I just put the link up on Facebook Live as well as 
as well as Rumble. We're going to continue to talk about that because that's a thing, David, that a lot of people are in a situation that isn't doesn't necessarily seem wrong, yet homeschooling might be better. We'll be right back. Hold on a sec. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Great to be with you. Continuing uh, a two, kind of a two-day conversation as we are dealing with education in this in this specific case. Yesterday at, at Bob Jones University, of course, that's a private Christian school. Today, broadening that out with a little bit bigger umbrella into the homeschooling world. Uh, I know we have a lot of you are homeschoolers. We have a lot of homeschool friends in North Carolina and a few other states where the radio show is on. Uh, there aren't a whole lot of homeschool dads in the country with a with a syndicated talk radio show. So I, I am in this this subculture, which I, the beautiful thing I, I say about homeschooling is, uh, yeah, we're a subculture and we're kind of subversive that way. And homeschoolers are very are very intentional about a lot of things. And it really has just been a huge blessing in our lives to be a member, members of the homeschool community and, and now as a teacher. But talking today to, to uh, David Nunnery, has, he and his wife, Leslie, started Teach Them Diligently back in 2011, which is an incredible support organization. All kinds of things we're going to talk about there for the homeschooling community and for others, by the way. There's so, much great re- there's so many great resources there, education in general, but specifically to homeschooling. If you're a homeschooler, you're probably already aware of Teach Them Diligently. If you're not, uh, well, take a minute, just repent. And then you can go uh, figure it out and go to the website, teachthemdiligently.net. If, you're, if you have children or grandchildren in public schools or even private schools, uh, listen carefully, okay? Because like you were saying, David, you and Leslie and, and you guys were in a good situation. You were in a great, yeah. a good private Christian school that you liked, good teachers, a good church. Everything was good. And a lot of other people, they don't see the house on fire, but there's good and then there's great and then there's what God would have for us. So let, let's stay back in that because you were saying you were in a good setup yet. Yeah, we were in a really great setup and Leslie was very involved in the school. Uh, the kids were loving it. Uh, there was a third grade, first grade, kindergarten, and then four years old uh, at, at that time. That's, that's what our kids were. And um, they had great friends. We had no problems with the school, no problem with the curriculum. Everything was great. And uh, one morning we're at church and I don't even remember what the entire lesson was about, but the associate pastor comes in and he makes a statement, uh, just a phrase. And I actually use it today often at our events. And what he says is, is that you reproduce who you are, but you teach what you know. Mm. And when I heard that, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because what I started realizing is that if I reproduce who I am, my mind went to, I need to have my kids around me more, not less. And about that time, um, I look over at Leslie, you know, we're, we're now, you know, deeper in Sunday, you know, we're like at lunch or something yeah. like that. And I say, you know what, I, I'm beginning to believe that maybe we should think about homeschooling. And this was like a, a massive transformation here because when we first got married, we worked in a teen you know, youth group and we were like the couples like, we'll never homeschool. <laughs> There's no way we're gonna homeschool. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's like the last thing. And then all of a sudden, fast forward, you know, several years later, and I'm looking at my wife going, man, I think that we need to homeschool. 
And her response to that was, yeah, the Lord's been working on me as well. Mm, how about that? And we started to pray about it. And where we landed in the, in the decision-making process was it's all about discipleship. It's not about education. It's not like an education choice. This yeah. is about discipleship. Yep. And if you are going to impact the lives of your children, you have to be with them. I mean, it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's life on life kind of stuff. I mean, you're, that's that's like the, the first ingredient in discipleship is time. Um, and how much time are you going to have with your children if they spend more time at a school than they do sleeping in their own beds at night? Yeah, that's right. Um, and so based off of that decision, man, we need to do this because of discipleship. We made the decision that we were going to pull our kids out of the private school and we were going to start homeschooling. And I remember actually presenting it to the kids one day around dinner, and we were like cringing. <laughs> right, and our kids are really young. Right. Yeah, we're you know we're thinking, oh no, this is going to be, but <laughs> but we're going to do it. Um, and they were pumped. Well, as soon as we said, hey, I, we're gonna we want to homeschool you guys, they were like, yay, this is awesome. <laughs> and they were excited to spend more time with us. And uh, so they were actually ready to go. Cause I remember it was like during the Christmas break when we dropped the bomb yeah. that we were going to start homeschool and they were like, okay, when do we start? We're ready to go now. And we actually, they were disappointed because we postponed it until the next fall. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went through the same process that many homeschool uh, families go through. Um, okay. We need a homeschool. What do we need to do now? Oh, we need to buy curriculum. Yeah, yikes. Then we need to go get our flags. We need to go get the American flag and the Christian flag. We need to go, you know, on on uh, the classified ads, and we need to go get our desks. Yeah, you got to get those old-fashioned desks, right? And uh, we need to basically kind of recreate home or school at our home. Right, right. We need to have a school room. We need to have all that kind of stuff. And Leslie starts uh, – uh, in the summer, she gets a, a a nice little lesson planner, and she starts writing in it in pen. And she actually plans out the entire year wow. writing in pen in this lesson planner. Wow. And the curriculum that we bought was the same curriculum that they had at the school they were going to. Which is exactly what we did. Videos, yeah. Including the videos. It was an easy transition. For us, That's it was right. a Becca. Yeah. Because we were doing a Becca already. And we just said, well, let's just start with that because at least, yeah, they know and he because knows we're it. comfortable with it, right? And so we start and we, you know, go through the pledge of allegiance. Leslie does; she goes through the pledge of allegiance and all this stuff, and she's, you know, passing out worksheets and trying to get through the chapters and hits play on the videos and goes through all that. It takes maybe a week. Get rid of the videos. <laughs> um, by the next week, she scratched out every single thing in her lesson planner <laughs> because she'd written it in pen. He wasn't able to erase it. Sounds familiar. Uh, we're not doing the Pledge of Allegiance every single day anymore. Um, and we started realizing that homeschooling is not necessarily bringing school home. Yeah, yeah. it's a great point. 
And this is not education choice. This is a choice to life on life, disciple your kids. Yeah. And um, we went through that process and it was not an easy transition that first year. But we were thinking about it as a missional thing. Mm-hmm. We made this decision as a mission because, I mean, like so many Christian families, the number one thing that we are concerned about and actually also terrifies us is this idea of our children um, coming to know the Lord at an early age. Right. You know, those statistics that you can find on Google, you know, oh, yeah. searching so easy, you know, 70, 80, 60 percent are yeah. walking away from the faith. Yeah. And once you leave. get into the once you get past 20, the, the odds of people coming to faith starts to just plummet. There's a lot there that I want to follow up on. We're talking to David Nunnery. Teach them diligently dot net is the website. We have a lot to talk about. Be encouraged like we were when God pulled us in. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show. If you've been uh, with me for a while, you know I'm a numbers guy. I'm not a math guy, but I'm a numbers guy because I've been doing radio for such a long time, since 2007. So I'm always grabbing facts and figures. And because I teach high school age students, I'm always trying to figure out a way to make complex things uh, more easily uh, understood and more easily consumed. And so numbers are very, very helpful stats and things like that. 16,000 hours is the number I want you to remember. 16,000 hours. That's basically, in my language, butts in the seats between kindergarten and 12th grade. Okay, 16,000 hours. Now, on top of that, you got to throw in, it's about another 22 to 24,000 hours, actually more than school instruction. 22 to 24,000 hours. Uh, That's media, popular media, whether we're talking about video games, YouTube, Netflix, uh, social media, any doom scrolling on, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Kindergarten through 12th grade. Anything screen, anything digital. Another 22, 24,000 hours. So that now you got about you got about 38,000 hours, right, of uh, that input. Public schools, then most of that input's going to be godless. Uh, a significant portion anti-Christian. If it's Christian schools, that's fine, but you, how much control do you have on the digital side? It's easier when they're young, but harder when they're teenagers and all that going on. Okay, so keep that in one, on one hand. You got you know, 34, 38,000 hours over here. On the other hand, you good gold star Christian families out there, uh, your kids go to Sunday school, then they go to the big service, then they come back Sunday night for a youth group, and then they come back Wednesday night for Wednesday night Bible study, and that's pretty much a gold star Christian family. Uh, that's four hours a week over the same period of time, kindergarten through 12th grade. That's 2,400 hours. 2,400 hours in the church, Thirty-two to 38,000 hours of other input. I call that, uh, in most cases, unfortunately, there's another operating system that's being built inside your children from kindergarten through 12th grade. They're not aware of it because it's the frog in the pot. We're not aware of it. Uh, and then it doesn't really come out until, and that's where we're talking to David Nunnery from Teach Them Diligently. You mentioned this, David, right before we finished the break, all, all the stats out there about, first of all, uh, the older you get, the harder, the less odds are, numbers statistically, that you're going to come to faith. I mean, even a dead person is not too far gone for the Lord. Uh, just ask Nazareth or Lazarus when you meet him. But, uh, but those, those are out there. But th- these, these things are really serious, and m- they're not going to bring up doubts. They're not going to be comfortable 
homeschool, conservative families, all that stuff. They're not very comfortable if they're starting to leak some of that worldly stuff out or they're thinking about it. They're not that comfortable to bring that up in youth group, even at home. And so it doesn't come out till they leave the house, which for a lot of our kids is going to be college. And that's where you see these stats where 75% of the kids that grow up in the church walk away. How is that happening? Uh, my answer to that is a little bit at a time and mostly through this thing. I'm holding up my iPhone right here, some digital stuff. So it's really, really dangerous out there. So you, you were talking about, David, discipleship and equipping. You guys started to, to homeschool in 2010. Uh, Leslie had written everything out in pen, which is always a bad idea, but especially in homeschooling. And then you're like changing the whole thing and realizing this is really about discipleship and equipping. Yes, we have to uh, prepare our kids, which is the equipping part. Uh, but man, that's the beauty of homeschooling, isn't it, David? You can you can kind of change things on the fly. You have all kinds of flexibility, which is great. Absolutely. It's uh, not only is it just like kind of this individualized education that you're able to impart on your children because they all learn different, and you're able to handle handle your children as you know who they are. They're individuals. Mm-hmm. They they're different people all the way across the board. Um, but you're able just to be flexible. You're able to do what we used to call upside down days, where rather than doing school in the morning, you do school in the afternoon and you do whatever in the morning. Maybe you go swimming. Um, you're able to go on more field trips. You're able to, there's just a lot of flexibility yeah, there. Yeah. If you want to do a unit study on Thanksgiving the, over and above the chapters that are in the book, you have that freedom to do that. And that's the one of the coolest things about homeschooling is being able to do that. Right. Yeah, that flexibility um, is exciting. Yeah. And um, so we, uh, you know, Leslie, again, as you were saying, she wrote the stand in pen. She wrote the, the planner out the entire year in pen. And amazingly, she actually kept that planner. She didn't just, you know, scrap it, <laughs> throw it away, and then go get another one. She kept that one. And then this time she's writing in it in pencil. Yeah. Because um, she learned, right? Um, and we start to get a lot more flexible. And as we go through that first year, we start to figure some things out and we start really leaning into this flexibility. And so we're not just using one company curriculum for every single mm-hmm. subject. We're mixing and matching and getting comfortable. Sometimes we're just using stuff online. Sometimes we're just using like unit studies. Sometimes we're using crafts and that's it. Yeah. I mean, I think we did a Bible class that was nothing but Vody Bauckham preaching. We we uh, watched him talk about why he believes the Bible. Yeah, I love that one. Yep. It's a great one. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of our Bible lesson for like two, three weeks. Um, so after you know, the I'll, first year, you guys are like, wow, that was easy. Let's start an organization. <laughs> well, so what ends up happening is... Um, we're, we're like, wow, we're going to make this decision. We're going to pray about it every single year. And if we feel like the Lord wants us to do this, we'll start back up the next year. That's That was like mm-hmm. our thought process yeah. the first like five, six years. Yeah, ditto. Is every year we're going to pray about it. But um, so we, we come through that first year. We go to a homeschool convention. We start getting into the kind of the homeschool community a little bit more. And there's something that we start to recognize, and that is that uh, people were handling homeschooling like it was the end-all, be-all. Mm-hmm. Like they were t- using phrasing about homeschooling the way we talk about evangelism. Like I converted somebody to homeschooling today, and they get all excited about it. And they were handling it like if you homeschool, hey, check the box. Your children will turn out okay. Oh, it's like the Play-Doh machine, man. All you just, just stuff the Play-Doh in there, push it down for 12 years, and out pops the perfect little Christian 18-year-old. 
That's right. And if it was only that easy. <laughs> no kidding. And um, we started realizing that this was this dynamic that was in the homeschool community. And it was almost like homeschooling was becoming this idol. Mm-hmm. And we decided to, out of that, we were like, you know what? There's something that needs to be done. And so we started this homeschool organization. We started to teach them diligently. There were some things that happened that actually made it possible. One of them was that I actually quit my job. I left my job in the cushy, you know, college sports marketing yeah, world yeah. where I always had something to talk to people about. Um, and I actually went to start or went to, to run. I became the president of a mission board called Worldwide Tent Makers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tent Makers is based off of Acts 18, where Paul, Priscilla, and Aquila were tent makers in Corinth. And so the whole thing is built around marketplace ministry and uh, facilitating, helping people find jobs, Christians find jobs overseas where yeah. they can be a witness in places like Saudi Arabia as an engineer. That was That's what that mission board is about, and I'm still over that. Yeah, that's cool. But one of the things about tent making mission boards is that they none of them have enough money. And the reason why is because when you go into a church and you say, hey, we believe in placing self-supporting businesses worldwide, the immediate thought is, okay, why don't you do that? And so, <laughs> right, they're self-supporting. Um, yeah, you need to be self-supporting. And uh, so we, there was not enough donations in order to pay the bills. Yeah. And so we started, uh, we wanted to start businesses to be able to pay the bills mm-hmm. and throw off profit. Well, we realized that the homeschool, homeschoolers, are entrepreneurial mm-hmm. um, and they have an affinity for missions. That's typically kind of a profile of a homeschooler. So we're like, I have a good idea. Why don't we do a homeschool convention? And portion of the funds will go into Worldwide Tent Makers to support it. Mm-hmm. We had our first event in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Vody Bauckham was one of the keynotes. Ken Ham was one of the keynotes. What year was that? Uh, that was 2012. Wow. So we first started homeschooling in 2010, and the next thing you know, whoa, wait a minute, we're doing a homeschool convention. What happened here? <laughs> and how um, did that first one go? I mean, I've, I've been down some of these roads myself, and so I know what it's like to be <clears throat> in the middle of something that you're like, I have no idea how this happened or how we got here, but here we are, and look around, because the Lord, uh, we're just a little cog, and there's so much more going on. But that, but that first year, because because Vody's going to pull a lot of people, Ken's going to fo- pull a lot of people. Uh, that must have been a pretty a pretty great first year. Yeah, we had about seven thousand people in the building, so oh, there's about fifteen hundred families that came to that event. Um, and we were like sardines in that building because the building wasn't real big. Uh, and we were in Spartanburg for several years, and then uh, but 2013 we went from. Uh, one event 2012 we went to three events in 2013 um, and then I think 2016 we went to five events and then 2019 we went to six events and then 2020 the forgotten year <laughs> we did had seven planned yeah we only got one in yeah now luckily good old you know, praise the Lord uh, it was our largest event. It was at the Gaylord Opryland in Nashville. Oh, we had yeah. Tim Tebow as a keynote speaker. Yeah, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, nobody's running so, out of room at the Gaylord. Yeah, it <laughs> was it was a, a great experience. And Tim Tebow is it, as genuine yeah. uh, a, in person 
yeah. as he seems on television. Yeah, that's super cool. We're talking to David Nunnery, teachthemdiligently.net. Some more about that, the book that's uh, that's available. There's a lot to talk about in one more segment. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, talking to David Nunnery. It's like one half of the team, or I don't know, maybe 30% of the team. David and Leslie Nunnery, who back uh, started homeschooling in 2010, started teaching them diligently in uh, 2011, and, and God's just really blessed it and multiplied it ever since then. So we're, if you're a homeschooler, you're probably familiar with Teach Them Diligently, teachthemdiligently.net. If you're kicking the tires on homeschooling, if you're in private Christian school and you're not, David and Leslie came out of private Christian school to start homeschooling. Uh, Steve and Gina, that would be me and my wife, we came out of private Christian school to start homeschooling. So uh, I would always urge you and challenge you to consider the next steps, going deeper, something better. Uh, You guys, you think about what the United States was like when you were 15 and then look at it today. They are on two different planets. And we have to be far more intentional today than we were when you and I were in high school. Even 10, 15 years ago, uh, David, our, 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 our older daughter's 25, our younger daughter's 18. She's starting college in the fall. And a couple years ago, our older daughter, who's in Manhattan now, said to Caroline, her younger sister, she's like, your generation is really screwed up. <laughs> So, and that's like a 24-year-old talking to a 17-year-old. She's like, TikTok and all the things you guys have. I'm like, you sound like an old person. But that, because <laughs> things move so rapidly, uh, my point, and then we'll get back to, to yeah. the meat of this, yeah. is always consider that you can do better. The Lord doesn't hold anything back from any of us. He wants to bless us. He wants us to thrive. And uh, are we doing that? Are we enabling that as much as possible with our own children or perhaps your grandchildren? And by the way, if you're a grandfather or a grandmother, uh, what a great help you could be to your son or your daughter in helping them homeschool. If they're working and everything, uh, I don't uh, almost never quote Hillary Clinton. But in this case, like it takes a village. If it's your family, an extended family, that could actually work. Okay, so so again, I just want to encourage everybody to consider what we're doing. If you're a homeschooler, if you're thinking about homeschooling, if you never thought about homeschooling, but you're listening to it today, because I didn't either, uh, God might be speaking to you. So consider that. Okay, so let's talk, uh, David, about teach them diligently, kind of an overview of everything you guys have going on, because obviously there's the conventions, but there's a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, we have the conventions. We're going to do two events next year. Uh, Both of them are in May of next year, 2024. They're three day events. A uh, huge exhibit hall, lots of great speakers like Steve Noble here. Yay! Uh, yay! Um, and uh, uh, they're going to be Pigeon Forge is going to be May second uh, through the fourth, and Branson, Missouri is going to be May sixteenth to the eighteenth. And I'm actually negotiating with one more site. Um, we'll see how that turns out. I'm just cool. going to tease everybody with that. Um, but beyond the events, we've also got a membership. Uh, the membership includes a huge audio archive of like every session that's ever been given at a Teach Them Diligently event. But on top of that, um, and this has actually turned into be the core of the entire membership, it's got a community in there where uh, moms and dads that really think about homeschooling the same way. Yeah. They have an opportunity to talk, to encourage, to keep each other accountable, to answer questions. In some cases, they're doing book studies. 
um, there's over a thousand families in there. Wow, and awesome. so that's a really great resource. And we call it Teach Them Diligently 365 because the idea is, is that this spirit that you have it, Teach Them Diligently, which again is wrapped around the gospel. Um, it's when you come to the events, it's kind of like a camp scenario. I mean, it really feels that way. It's kind of yeah. like this, you know, you walk into a room and there's a bunch of people that feel the same way about homeschooling mm-hmm. and family life, just like you do. Um, and it's, there's a lot of comfort there. Um, well, Teach Them Diligently 365 is like that 365 yeah. days out of the year. And there's, and I've met people at the conventions, David, that uh, th- they live in small communities. They don't have a lot of homeschooling families around that's right. them. And that can, that's and right. that can be a pretty lonely place. And that's why something like that, uh, where you've got that 365, that community is so important. Cause what, cause that's, that's just like when you meet another believer somewhere and you have, like you have the secret decoder ring, right? Then all of a sudden, boom, you have this, uh, incredibly deep bond with one another, even though you don't even know each other, but you know, Christ. So that then takes care of all the rest. It's really an awesome yeah. thing, especially in homeschooling to have that community. Absolutely. So you like, you have that connection of being a Christian, but there's this additional layer of connection because you're homeschooling. Right. Not are you, you're not just homeschooling because it was your last, you know, you didn't have any other choice. Mm-hmm. It, you're homeschooling because you really believe in it. Yeah. And that connection is really strong. Um, so you got the membership that is uh, something that we offer. And then we also do resources in tor- terms of courses. We have Heart School Masterclass. And we're kind of coining this term right now called heart schooling. And the idea is, we'll ask this question constantly, are you a heart schooler or are you a homeschooler? Mm, Great question. And a heart schooler would be somebody that really is focused on reaching the heart of their children. Um, Matter of fact, that is what their goal is and that is what their aim is, is to try to reach in and try to impact the heart of their child. And um, uh, uh, it's much more missional. Right. It's again, homeschooling is not an education choice. We kind of talked about that before. Right. Yep. It's very much a missional thing. And and talking about deciding to become a homeschooler mm-hmm. and these families that may be listening right now that it may be on the fence. Yeah. Or the thought right now, they've come through their first year or second year or third year and they're getting ready to start you know, here in just a few weeks and the thought terrifies them and they're thinking maybe I should, you know, send my kids back to school. Yeah. I would encourage them to have a missional view of what they're doing. And Mm -hmm. like, as a parent, what is your mission? Is your mission just to keep them out of trouble, you know, to keep them out of jail, uh, keep them off drugs, or is your mission to bring them to Christ? That's right. Because I think that's the mission that God gives us in the Bible, right? I mean, suffer the little children to come to me. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so if that's your mission, turn that into a question. What will bring my children to Christ the best? And matter of fact, I would encourage anybody to actually use that as a question for like anything, any kind of family decisions that they're making. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, should we move to another state? Yeah. What will bring my children to Christ the best? Yeah. Father, you're going to take this job. What will bring my children to Christ the best? Yeah, and that, uh, could, be, that could be salvific. When they're saved and then walking with Christ more closely, which of course is the discipleship process. Absolutely. And all along the all along the continuum there. But we all, I mean, whether you like it or not, uh, you get you get eighteen years and out of that really it's probably fourteen years, and then that door in one way or another is gonna shut. 
and then and then that's it. And you can still have influence in your children's life, but you'll never have the same opportunity again. Is that all what shows up in the book Heart School, David? So it's a missional view of hearts of, of of homeschooling. Is it is presenting this idea of homeschooling is about discipleship, and we actually break it down to seven different levels. Um, and it's returning to this idea that I was talking about earlier, where so many families. They decide to homeschool and they go, okay, where am I going to buy my curriculum? And they think about it as, okay, I got to bring school home. What were they doing at school? And what we do in hard school is we deal with that mission. And so the first question that you ask, okay, I'm thinking about homeschooling. What is my mission? And then how does that work through my family? How does that work through the education process? How does that work through discipleship? How does that work through what we do every single day together? Yeah, and that really flows through everything you do at Teach Them Diligently, which is why, I mean, if I could go back and do a word count of how many times you've said heart in the last hour. Uh, <clears throat> but also, it's all over the website. Like, you go to teachthemdiligently.net, you're going to see that all over the place. And I, and I love that, and it's a great reminder for me in the classroom uh, is ultimately bringing our children to Christ and helping them learn to walk with Christ. And those are seeds that, and the, one of the challenges, and we'll do a whole uh, do a whole nother show and we'll unpack uh, at a deeper level the book with you and Leslie. So let's make sure we get that scheduled as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, but really focusing on the heart. And, and as a homeschool parent, and I'm glad you brought this up earlier, David, and, and that's been our experience too. I talked about it at your convention when I talked about the red pill is that, listen, you got to play the long game here. we got to be a little bit more like China. In America, we think like in four-year slots because of the presidency. In China, they're thinking decades, right? So with your yeah. children, this is you're going to sow seed, and you're going to water, and you're going to do everything you can and walk with them and, and to do that for the 14 formative years. And then you have to pray, and you have to wait because it doesn't always pop out of the ground by the time you hand them a diploma at the end of high school. Uh, but I do know this, all these in, uh, incredible gospel seeds are in all four of our kids and we start mm-hmm. to see it sprout. And one of the reasons is I, David, I think three of our four kids, San Francisco, he got married in March, Manhattan, the youngest going off to college. There's no way she's staying in Raleigh. She's either going to go to DC or Manhattan. She's interested in, in, uh, California. They all they, talk about missional. They, 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 they have a very big, broad horizon. That's not easy as parents, but if you have a missional-minded kid, that's not going to be easy because they're not going to stay. They're going to go. But yeah. isn't that the point? Absolutely, and, and that is taught or passed on to our kids, not just by knowledge, right, by teaching them, you know, all of the, you know, memorizing verses right. and all these stories in the Bible, but they also get that, like, reproduced from you, right? right? They, they get that watching you. Yeah, because when you homeschool, you know this as a homeschooling family, you are necessarily outside the norm. You're very intentional. You're doing something that most other people would never consider doing. And people will look at you strangely that for that. Uh, but I believe it's the thing that's the closest to the Lord's heart, that we do not outsource the raising of our children to other people. We do it ourselves. We're uh, out of time, David, but let's make sure we set that up. I'd love to have you and Leslie back on. And then we'll just do a whole show on the book, which would be great. Stay right there because we're going to pray together at the end of the show. Teachthemdiligently.net. You can find out about the conventions for next year. The Heart School book, I've got links up for that and all the other resources, especially if you're looking for community. Teachthemdiligently.net. 
go to my Facebook page or my Rumble page. It's all right there. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Let's go.